Welcome back to the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland back in the fold after the bye week. I know it wasn't your bye week, Cynthia, but did you have a nice week? I did. Um, I got, you know, this. I, we painted the bookshelves in my house. Now we got a whole, the jet setup looks even better. If you can see it, I'm going to get out of the way here. Yep, we got a math book too. Very nice. Math art, you know, works out. So we're math all set. Art. What is that like a blanket on your chair behind you? It's a flag. It's my flag. I can't figure out where to put it yet. This is it's okay. a it's the flag. So we gotta gotta figure out how to hoist that up yet. But we're we're working on it. It's it's a work in progress. It's getting better every week though. Okay, I I like it. Cynthia does not have a bye week because she goes through the entire NFL season with that one big trooper. <laughs> so with that with that being said. You know what we got to start with the coin toss. Are you are you keeping tails again? You're you're always tails, but is that what you're gonna do again? Never fails. Why am I gonna switch now? Okay. All right. Here's what we got. Uh, it is tails. All right. Back from the bye week, and you're just you're you're rocking and rolling already. So you get the choice as always. Would you like to talk about the Jets' offense first or the Jets' defense? Well, let's see. My favorite player, Jonathan Franklin Myers, plays on the defense. <laughs> so let's go with that. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. And with that being said, let's start with the Jets. Well, you know, let's start with the Jets passing defense. All right. And because JFM, edge rusher, gets after the quarterback, signed an extension with the team now. We didn't really have a chance to talk about that because the Jets were in London and then they had their bye week. So what are your thoughts on the Jets extending JFM before we really dive into this matchup? Just when you thought you couldn't like someone more, he gives that presser. There wasn't a dry eye in the house or on Twitter or wherever you viewed it. Incredible. Like, what a great kid. Like, I'm like, oh, all right, great. Let's just go. I love it. He's great. Was, I'm really happy for him. And I'm really happy for the team. It's a great fit both ways. He seems like, like, who doesn't like that guy? Like, I don't, I don't want to know you if you don't like him. You know, I, I think the story is really cool. JFM, for those who don't know, did not win a game in high school as in Texas, no less. All right. So like he did not win a single high school football game, goes to Stephen F. Austin, stays there. He said he had the chance to go elsewhere. He he wanted to stay there. He wanted to be loyal to the lumberjacks. Then he finds his way to the jets after he gets cut from the Rams. And now he signed an extension and he's a, a young budding stud on this team. And with that being said, John Franklin Myers now going up against the Patriots again. Remember, these teams played in week two at MetLife Stadium. The Jets lost 25-6. to But defensively, Cynthia, if we recall what happened that game, the Jets' defense really held their own. It was more of the offensive struggles, and we'll get to that later. But what do you think the Jets need to do to put themselves in a position to win against the Patriots, at least just from a pass-rush standpoint and cover and covering the Patriots' receivers? Well, look, the style of play that Mac Jones uses is a quick pass. He gets the ball out at the fifth fastest rate in the National Football League, which means they're going to need to use a quick pass, but a quick pass rush, but also back it up with some nice coverage on the back end. So the interesting part about this matchup is if you look at what happened with Dallas last week, Dallas, their O-line or the, the, the Patriots O-line against Dallas's front they didn't look so great. So exploiting some of those mismatches along the Patriots O-line in the same way that Dallas did, that's going to be a recipe for success in this game. Well, you look at the week two matchup, Mac Jones completed 22 passes, 
and he completed 73.3% of his passes, only 186 yards. So the numbers and what you said match up really well. Get the ball out quick. Short, for the quick, Jets. short, quick, short, quick. That's that's what he does. That's their formula. I mean, that's why Hunter Henry leads their team in pretty much every receiving metric, and he's a tight end, right? So that's an interesting note. It's kind of the exact opposite style of Zach Wilson. We'll get to that later. But, like, this quick passes, it's like – He's getting it out of his hands in something like 2.64 seconds. That's the, the number. If you look at what this Jets pass rush does, when they get a pressure, and by the way, they have the eighth most sack, so they're good at getting pressure. When they get a pressure, it happens like under 2.5 seconds. So it is a nice match when it happens because they're able to rush from the interior. Quinn Williams, of course, being the guy who is the one who you see most often do it, other than me, I, I see Jonathan Franklin Myers always. But like, other than that, you know, you see you see that quick rush. So it's going to have to be kind of iron on iron. It's what the Jets do best versus something that they're trying to get Mac Jones to keep to a quick pass. It's not, it's nothing exciting except for that seventy four yard bomb. But that was a, that was a different one. But typically, it's a quick pass. You know, in week two, the Jets had three sacks over the New England Patriots. And the, what what I want to bring up here is Matt Ryan and the Falcons because Matt Ryan got the ball out extremely fast. And Robert Sala said that that kind of the game plan was to do that. So the Jets defensive line, to your point, the strength of their defense didn't really have an opportunity to take Matt Ryan down. So how do the Jets counteract what you would assume offenses would do to try to neutralize their D line? I mean, look, the, there's a huge difference between Matt Ryan, who's been in the league for a very long time, his ability to diagnose the back end of defenses, how they can see, is this going to be, what kind of leverage is the defense giving me? I don't think Mac Jones, just he's, he's a rookie. I don't know him. I don't know what he thinks, but I don't think it's possible for him to quite yet be totally up to speed on all the different back end looks of what happens on, you know, where's the safety? What are they going to do here? I, diagnosing those plays is something that that just takes a little bit more time. So that veteran status that Matt Ryan has and kind of utilizing kind of different, they use Cordero Patterson like all over the field. Like that's just a different sort of thing than what the Patriots have going on. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. And moving on here to our second quarter, I neglected to say that was the first quarter. Well, that was the first quarter. Now we're moving on to the second we quarter in this quarter. Oh, you, are you, you got anything else? Are you ready to ready to move on? Oh, I just meant we knew. You didn't have to say it. We knew it was the oh, first okay. quarter. Well, we, it was the we beginning knew. of the game. We were there. All right. Now, maybe maybe down the road we'll have to sing the national anthem. Probably not. I'm not singing unless it's at a karaoke bar. Regardless, second quarter, this quarter is presented by Homefield IT. We're going to talk about the Jets rushing defense against the Patriots rushing offense. And looking at what they did, the Patriots rushing offense week two, 24 attempts, 101 yards and two touchdowns on the ground last week against the Cowboys, the Patriots, 120 rushing yards and two touchdowns. They like to run the ball. The Jets have been okay against the run at times, right? I would say like Derrick Henry prop ran he, he runs wild on everybody, but the Jets did pretty well against him, all things considered. But what do you make of this matchup, and would you consider this the strength of the Patriots' offense? 
Yes. I mean, look, the Patriots, they have this whole offseason they spent. They got a bunch of tight ends. They obviously brought in Jonu Smith and they brought in Hunter Henry, who are big body tight ends, right? They're also pass catching tight ends. They have they reinforced their O-line. They've got a bunch of injuries on the O-line now, so that's a little bit different. But they really focused on creating heavy sets. So that gives the quarterback a ton of protect, protection to reinforce this quick passing strategy. So that's what they've done, right? And then running the ball, Damian Harris obviously leads them and there's some injuries there too. So Ramondre Stevenson, you've got, you've got a number of different ways they could go with that. But when you look to see, yes, it's their strength, but also if they are, if it's taken away, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if you are requiring Mac Jones to throw on every down, that's going to be way different because I would argue their strength is being multiple. It's not necessarily just running the ball every single down. Like Derrick Henry is not, is, is not fair. Like those should not be the, those rushing stats. You kind of got to like, there's an asterisk there. And then like a little thing being like, but it's Derrick Henry. So like, even though the Jets did a good job to throw that one out, like that's just a different, that's a different thing entirely. Derrick Henry's just, uh, I don't really, he's just an animal. I mean, if you watch him on a night game, he really did put the Titans on their back. And that's all we're going to say about Derrick Henry, but Damien Harris the, the lead running back, I'd say, for the Patriots. Would you consider him maybe an underrated player in terms of just running backs in the NFL? Feels like he's a very hard physical runner. So you, you got to be careful because you're asking an analytics person about the value of a running back. It's like always going to be a little dicey. It's a dicey Fair. question. Fair enough. So look, it's, it's a very hot button topic amongst us analytics people. But sure, he's on. I don't know what what's rated, right? Like I think that any Patriot running back is going to be a part of a system. It's just the Patriot way when it comes to running backs. It's, it is, is what it is. Sure. He's maybe underrated from the standpoint of like your fantasy team, but when it comes to reality team, I think people are going to like, well, if he's a Patriot running back, you're going to expect every, like it's going to be something different every single game. We just don't know what, right? So sure. He, I, I mean, I guess it depends. Like I said, for fantasy, sure. But for reality, it's a system. It could not be him this week. It could easily be Ramondre Stevenson, like easily. That's <laughs> such a Bill right, Belichick fair. thing to do. It is. And also just one thing to know, James White did play against the Jets in week two. He's now out for the season with a hip injury. So he will obviously not play this week. But let's talk about this Jets run defense, particular, in particular, Falaronzo Fadukasi, who I recently saw had the highest run stop win rate out of anybody in the NFL, I think among defensive tackles. What do the numbers, you know, not necessarily this year, but the past couple of years say about him in particular? He's awesome. I mean, they pretty much just say he he does a really nice job. Some of these run numbers, they need an asterisk too, because if you factor in the game script, so let's just look at how he does on first and second down against the run in competitive downs when the game's within one or even one score plus like, like 10. So a score plus a field goal, right? So he's even better in those situations. Sometimes the numbers get skewed towards ends of games because the game is a little bit, they're running for, for a strategic clock reason. So Philly's great. Like he's awesome. And he's even, he's a guy who next season, the season after the season after is going to be even better as this team grows together. All right. That's how we wrap up the second quarter presented by home field. IT. We're now at halftime, right? So let's take a breather, you know, stretch it out, go over the game plan. We're going to talk about the Jets' offense in a minute here, but Cynthia, oh yeah, get get that coffee in, right? It has a Christmas yep, tree on it, so it's it's got to be good. I I don't know where this came from, but whatever, it's good. Okay, now that we're in halftime, we can you know <laughs> we can talk about this. Do you have do you drink out of the Christmas tree coffee mug all year round? 
I do. It makes me happy. It makes me happy. I have a candle that smells like Christmas. There's a Christmas tree mug. <laughs> Things are good. I, I don't even, who cares what you celebrate? Who doesn't love the smell of Christmas? You know, that's what I say. <laughs> and I would imagine Christmas is your favorite holiday based nope. on what you just nope. said. No. Fourth of July. It's the only one we get off. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Fourth of July. And growing up in Michigan, did you spend Fourth of July on a lake? Always on a lake. Always. My dad, who's a New Yorker, my dad's from Yonkers. Did you know that? My dad, born yes. and raised in New York. Uh, we he that was he worked in the car industry. So they always all the car industry people they always got two weeks off around the Fourth of July. So it was the absolute best because I got my like unfettered dad access for two full weeks. We'd go to the lake, we'd fish and water ski and stuff like that. It was fun. All right, I like it. I guess you could make the argument that. The 4th of July is just like Christmas in July. Just no presents, but, you know, good vibes all around. People outside. Fireworks, uh, s'mores, oh, yeah. happiness, yeah. America. It's great. <laughs> it's incredible. So are you a fireworks person? Because some people really don't find the one of my best friends does not find value in fireworks. He thinks they are just like whatever. And I, uh, I think that was kind of a polarizing comment. I just learned this last 4th of July. Listen, I can't make a lot of comments like because I don't like sandwiches. That's my weird thing. So I, I can understand having a weird thing with fire. I love fireworks. I don't get it. But I also, I barely eat a sandwich. Like a sandwiches and I, not so much. So I get it. There's some weird polarizing things we all got. All right. I, I, have, to, I have to double down on this. What don't you like about sandwiches? Is it the bread? Is it the, is it the consistency? Like, what is it? New York ruined sandwiches for me. Why? Because there's a deli up in Yonkers. It's called the Tanglewood Deli. And they make incredible sandwiches, like the best sandwich that you ever had. Then I try to go eat a sandwich elsewhere. I'm like, this is just a piece of bread that's kind of dry with some like mm. icky meat on it. So it's just, it's the quality. I would like it if all sandwiches were awesome, but an average sandwich, pass. But there is a sandwich on planet Earth that you do like. Oh, yeah. I just like an average sandwich, not going to do it for me. You got to be like an awesome sandwich, from like an awesome deli. Like the right, the pickle <laughs> needs to be there. Like the whole thing. Otherwise it's not like the, otherwise it's like dry. Okay. So we need a gourmet sandwich mm -hmm. for you to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm okay. bougie about my sandwiches, you know? And, and maybe your halftime snack would be a Tanglewood deli sandwich. So good. If you're ever up in Yonkers, you need to go there. It's, it's I, great. I, I think I might need to. I might. I seriously might need to. And whenever you come to Florham Park, I'm determined to find you a sandwich in the area that you like, whether it's the city. I, I think. Or... I think New York sandwiches and bagels done. Like I, I can eat it there. But like out in California, if when you come here next time, I'll get you a chagachino. If you well, you can ask Dan Grasso about our chagachino situation. But I'll get you some crazy <laughs> California food. But they don't have great bagels and they don't have great sandwiches out here. Nope. All right. You bring a group of guys together from all different teams, works of life, different situations. Let's put all the pieces together. Hey, dominate today. Dominate all three. One, two, three. Dominate. First thing you try to do is establish some type of something that can connect everybody. You know, you can see the brotherhood forming. You can see the love for one another forming. Set at the eight-yard line. Wholeheartedly. And, and that goes a long way. Into shaping the way we play on the field. Yes, on three, one, two, three. Yes. All right, good to know. And that and that is how we exit <laughs> halftime. Now coming into the third quarter, full stomach on a sandwich for me. Maybe not Cynthia because I am in the New York area. You are not. So with that being said, let's talk about this Jets rushing offense. We're going to switch sides of the ball here. 
the third quarter now. The Jets rushing offense had its best performance against the Patriots in week two, 152 yards on the ground. Other than that game, they've only averaged 2.9 yards per carry on the ground, only have slightly over 200 yards on the ground. What do they need to do to try to take advantage of this matchup this weekend? I'm going to stick up for Michael Carter here for just a minute because Michael Carter rushing to the left against the Falcons. And I like recency, right? Like, yeah, of course they had their best rushing game against the the Pats their last meeting, but like, you know, let's see how they've evolved now, right? Michael Carter rushing to the left, 37 of his 38 yards on six carries. So that's a really high, it's an over six yard per carry average. And he added the touchdown. The point is, is they have the situations and opportunities with that O-line playing better, like they did against the Falcons to create mismatches with the run game. And then by the way, they were able to use play action off of that at the highest rate we've seen all season. So I'm interested to see in this game, I think there's going to be a lot of really good, strong, high probability run plays in the playbook from the jump, like stay true to the run game quick. Don't abandon it. I think that's what we'll see more in this game. Did Cynthia just give credit to a running back? An analytics person just gave Listen, credit to a running back? Uh, analytics people, said? we like running backs. We just think they're, you shouldn't overpay them. Fair. Fair enough. All right. Well, he's Michael a rookie. Carter. We don't have to talk about how much we need to pay Michael <laughs> Carter for quite some time now. So, Fair <laughs> so enough. We just, just don't overpay them. Michael Carter, week two, 11 carries, 59 yards, 5.4 average. He has two touchdowns on the year. And what do the analytics say, or what do you think about the running back by committee approach? Because for the Jets right now, I think it's safe to say Michael Carter is the starter. And after that, depending on who's hot behind him, you could see Ty Johnson and you could see Tevin Coleman. At least that's what we've seen through the first seven weeks of the season. I think if you can create a running back production, and I say that like as a unit, that's what that's the best probability for success, especially with a rookie quarterback. No quarterback off the jump can do it all himself, right? So creating a running back situation and efficiencies from the running back position, that is a key. I don't care how you do it. Now, I will say it's a bad committee if it's only a tell. Like the Texans two years ago, they used to have this incredible tell I think they thought just because both of their running backs had the same last name that people wouldn't know the difference, but they did, right? You didn't want to know it's always going to be a short pass if it's Duke Johnson, for example, right? You, you need to create an opportunity, it's, and it's a run when it's David Johnson. They, there's too much of a tell. So you can't have anything that's telegraphed. But other than that, it's better to have a lot of different looks using different backs so that there can be just efficiency, especially first and second down. Just first and second down, make sure you're staying uh, like on schedule. You're staying above where you need to be from the yardage standpoint so that you can create really manageable third downs. All right. And last point in the third quarter here, the Cowboys last week in Foxborough, 31 rushing attempts, 122 yards on the ground. They clearly have a very good one-two punch, but what can the Jets take from that game and try to implement this Sunday in Foxborough? Run behind Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I think just, you know, look, like let your good guys play well. And Elijah Vera Tucker is in a good spot to, 
he looked really good. Like he had an awesome game against the Falcons. He was the only guy that had a above 90 PFF rating. If you need, you know, that one to help, it was like 92.4. Right. So when you look at those things and you look and see, okay, where can we create some, where can there be some disproportionate, like good opportunities? Sure. Outside runs have been really popular for most NFL teams this season. It's just, it's just what the way the league's going and the way the evolution of safety play, et cetera, et cetera, are going. But when you have a good guard like that, run behind the guard, like, Get the take the low hanging fruit because it tastes just as good, right? Like just take the yards. Cynthia's getting fired up. I love it. Cynthia says, "Run behind AVT. Do it Sunday, week seven, mm-hmm. one o'clock, CBS, Jets Patriots." Anyway, that was the third quarter. We're, you know where we're ending with the fourth quarter. You know, right? <laughs> we were kind of saving the best for last year when you said that you wanted to talk JFM and the defense first. My thought was, if we're doing that, we're 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 hitting them with Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter because this it's like is like really dessert storyline. It's like dessert. Yeah, it is dessert. You're right. Yeah. You ha- and are you pro dessert or are you yes. anti like sandwiches? Okay. I love dessert. No, I, I will eat dessert. <laughs> I eat dessert for like breakfast. We're good. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. And with that being said, our dessert on the game preview podcast presented by WinBet is Zach Wilson in this passing offense against the Patriots passing defense. Let's focus on Zach Wilson before we talk about what happened last week with the Patriots when they played the Cowboys. But, Zach Wilson, week two, four interceptions, not his best performance to say the least, but by week coming off, uh, coming off some rest going against a Patriots defense that led up 445 yards to Dak Prescott through the air and three touchdowns. What are your thoughts before we dive into it on this matchup? I don't care about the interceptions this year. I understand it's not fun to watch. I, I too don't love like seeing it. I think it's smart to figure out a game plan of what works, what doesn't work. Get used to seeing what you see. It's not like this season is going to be a February 13th in Los Angeles season. So grow and create as much opportunities for the long term, the future everything that you can get out of this guy because Zach Wilson's awesome. You don't often get a guy who can complete these deep passes. They can really like get himself set and throw the velocity. That's a horrible throw that do not, if you're watching this on the video, they do, that's embarrassing, but it, 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 it does not have the hip face and the, and the ability to get set in the same way that Zach Wilson does like the, the control. This is something to grow on. Don't worry about this is rookie stuff. This is not, just don't worry about it. Like, just forget about it. Like, just let him grow. Let them develop him. Let them give them, give the coaches some space to be able to see what they've got and how they can tailor the future and next season and future seasons, subsequent seasons, teams for this guy, for his strengths, because he has a lot of them. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. All right. That was very well articulated, except for the throw. So if The throw is awful. The throw is awful. Do you... <laughs> whatever that's, we're good all, we're good we're moving on maybe just listening audio you're yeah. good just avert yeah. your eyes audio, if you're, you're watching <laughs> all right so you were talking about tells before and about the texans a couple of years ago but 
Is there something that you can take away or tell necessarily from this past weekend, Cowboys, Patriots, that you think maybe the Jets would try to copycat this Sunday? I think they're going to try to pick on Jalen Mills because we saw Jalen Mills get burnt. CeeDee Lamb was wide open. See, no one was near him. That's so not – Patriots typically – Patriots are known for playing a ton of man, just tons of man. CeeDee Lamb was like, <laughs> I got you, and then just made it happen, right, from the slot, from the wide alignment, didn't matter. So picking up Jalen Mills, who, by the way, if you look back at his his uh, Eagles information and you look to kind of see who he was and where he lines up and how that works, and by the way, it's, it's, it is worth noting that the Cowboys do know a little bit about the Eagles from the past, just so we know. And Jalen Mills, he can't – anything that's over his head, ball tracking skills are something that is, it seems from an outsider standpoint, if you track his ball tracking, that's not a strength of his. So creating mismatches probably with Corey Davis, maybe with James Crowder on the slot, depends on where Jalen Mills kind of is. That could be something that Zach Wilson could target and really do a nice job, especially, you know, if you kind of look, if you, the next gen stats does a nice job of breaking down the quadrants of the field. So like the back right quadrant, which would be the defensive left and deep quadrant, Dak Prescott just lit it up there, just ridiculously effective there. But if you look to see like map it to then to the film, what was going on, it was just like, I got Jalen Mills and something. Yeah. Uh, done. That's kind of how it worked out. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> y- y- you mentioned, so the Cowboys have a very good receiving core with Mari Cooper, C.J. Yes. Lamb, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yes. And the, the Jets receiving core has been playing better of late. But what the Patriots are known for historically is taking away your top target. And for the Jets in week two, that was Corey Davis. Only two receptions for eight yards against the Patriots in week two. So you mentioned Jamison Crowder. How much of a benefit do you think it'll be for this offense having him in this game where they did not have him in the first matchup between these teams? You talk about underrated. I think Jamison Crowder is underrated. Maybe it's something to do with that he started the season, you know, injured or whatever, but I don't think there's like enough love given to Jamison Crowder, especially after all the different looks and things that were asked of him from last season coming into this season. He's like also, an, it seems like he's an adult too. Like I watch his pressers. I'm like, oh, like he's an adult. Like he, he's, he's got it. He's mature. So it's interesting to watch like him in the slot, how he creates different like separation and all these different opportunities for his quarterback. And I think the more chances they get to play together, the more opportunity practice, et cetera, et cetera, that I think that will be a very reliable, like, I don't, I hesitate, you know, we, we have these like adages and I use, we all say them, right? A tight end is the quarterback's best friend. Like I think maybe like Jamison Crowder could be this quarterback's best friend, right? Like he kind of lines up where some pass catching tight ends typically do. All right. And one more thing in, in regulation before we get some final thoughts and overtime, Zach Wilson to be successful in this game needs to what? Not turn the ball over. They need, they need to take stri- – or okay, how about this? Not turn the ball over early. If it's going to happen, let it happen later when you already have some momentum and some flair. It's, it's hard in the beginning because then you're asking a lot of your defense because then the, the entire playbook is open to the opposing offense. So you're gassing your defense, and then you're reinforcing that you need to throw a deep pass, and then you're gassing your defense. And just kind of keep that first quarter boring. I, not fun to say, right? But keep it manageable. Part of why, like if you watch Justin Fields, the way they're rolling out Justin Fields, it stinks for the Bears. They're not necessarily winning. It doesn't look pretty, but they're asking him to do easy things, throw inside the number shorter, then throw a little deeper, then throw a little deeper. That's actually how Dak Prescott was introduced to this league too. Do the easy things, 
do the easier things, higher probability things, and then later air it out, right? So I think start a little bit more high probability. That's that's what I think would be the, the key to this game. And that is how we wrap up regulation here on the Game Preview Podcast. And before we let you go, Cynthia, as always, overtime period, the floor is yours. Any final thoughts, anything that you want to throw out there that you think is important that we missed? Go ahead. I you need to tell me what your weird like anti-fireworks or anti-sandwich <laughs> take is because I can't be the only one that that has this. Okay. Uh this is easy for me. Um I do not I do not believe in grilled cheese. I don't like it. What is it? It is not a sandwich to me. If you're going to say, "Oh, well, oh, um well, what if you put like ham in it? That's great. You're not talking about a grilled cheese. You're talking about a ham and cheese. If you're like, oh, well, if you give me bread and cheese, I will not eat it. You deny the existence of grilled cheese. You don't believe in I, it. You're like, doesn't exist. I, I don't. Not a thing. I do not. I do not. Because <laughs> if I'm going to have a sandwich, you know, I would, I like cheese as much as anybody. I just don't want my meal to be bread and cheese dip oh dip it in the tomato soup that's great i'm not here for it okay if i were in a pinch i would do it if you give me the option i'm going elsewhere right uh it's it's just done a, it doesn't appeal to me people uh, people who are listening to this watching this or producing this in the back might think i'm crazy and i'm here to defend my grilled cheese take whenever wherever i just i just think you should like you should evolve it to the point where you're, where you just you deny the existence of grilled cheese sandwiches. Like now you just don't <laughs> believe in it. You're like, they don't exist. They're not real. They're I, not real. I, I really, I, I'm good with that. You know why? Because pe I can't stand, I mean, now you really got me rolling here, Cynthia. I really I like can't it. stand people who say, oh, well, well, and now that I can't stand the people, I can't stand the argument. People say, oh, well, do you like, you know, a grilled ham and cheese? Yes. That is not a grilled <laughs> cheese. That is a ham sandwich with cheese that is toasted. All Do right. you eat macaroni and cheese? Love macaroni okay. and cheese. Just making sure because that that's I mean, that's a big one. That's a very, a yeah. very big one. No, macaroni and cheese is, is very good. I'm big fan just of macaroni sure. and cheese. It's just it's just something about I don't I don't know. Like if I'm gonna have that for lunch, I'd rather one have something, you know, a little different than just cheese and bread. Which, uh, you know, which is crazy to think about because the counter argument is, well, do you like pizza? And I love pizza. But there's sauce on pizza. Feels, Feels way different. It's the double bread. I'm with you. I actually can't remember. I was trying to think of when the last time I've had a grilled cheese sandwiches or anything that remotely resembles a grilled cheese. So mm -hmm. other than pizza, I, I can't imagine. Our producer, Matt Sickoff, he agrees. He's not a fan of grilled cheese either. So <laughs> I think this is the anti-grilled cheese. We, we, are, we are denying the existence of grilled cheese on this podcast. Anti I'm here for it. It doesn't exist. It's not real. I'm here for it. It's also I'm, a sandwich, so kind of we, we're kind of in alignment. Kind of, except I do like sandwiches. But but I understand that the Tanglewood Deli and the New York area could ruin a sandwich. Because ruined it. New York ruined. sandwiches are, they're A1. They're A1. That's a bagel. Ruined bagels for me. I can't not have it. Yep. There's, there's not any good if they're not an S a bagel. Like, what are we doing? I feel like, I feel like maybe similarly, if you're, you know, you're, you're living in California. If you eat Mexican food in California, then you come and you eat it somewhere else, even like here, you're probably like, ah, it's, not, nope. it's not the same. Not even close. Like you can't, like mm -hmm. the Mexican food here is great. And like many types of like, you go to like little Tokyo, Koreatown, anything, the food, oh, so incredible here. When I lived in Hoboken though, I will say, <laughs> I loved the food in Hoboken. Like I, I ate everywhere. Uh, Hobo oh, that, I would have been really fat if I still lived in Hoboken. <laughs> At least here is like <laughs> real far away. <laughs> well, hey, Hoboken does have good food, right? Uh, we'll, we'll, 
we'll shout it out. But I think next week our halftime might be might have to be food related again. Oh, every time. Oh. I love it. <laughs> All right, great. And that is the that is this is the best way we could have ended the game preview podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.